Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. On this week's episode, we have Corinne. Most of you know her on Twitter as Javi's Bat Corinne, but um, she is a very interesting Twitter follow. You should follow her, as you might guess from the name. She's a big fan of Javi Baez, and we talk about him a little bit on here. We talk about... um, her favorite football team, the Jaguars, general Cub stuff, a little bit of a downer when we talk about the 2003 and four Cubs, but overall, it's a pretty good conversation. I think you'll like it. So here is Corinne. So the Cubs just played today. They had lost their last two games mm-hmm. and they won today in a close fought game, two to one. Lester pitched pretty good. And, um, they got a run late in the game and, couple errors by the Diamondbacks and pulled out the win. But um, overall, then, how do you feel with the Cubs right now? I think overall I feel good. I think that I think our main concern is injuries, especially with Chris Bryant. I don't get why we don't put him on the DL. Like, And then, of course, my other really big concern is Javi because he wasn't in the game today and I was reading a little bit and the bit he felt like he maybe felt a little twinge in his knee after that slide. And it uh, makes me concerned about him because I feel like there's been a lot of times throughout the season that felt like, Oh, hobby's hurt this time. Like this is it. And then he's like, Oh, I'm fine guys. Like I can play tomorrow. And then he ends up being okay, but sometimes I wonder if all those add up into where he's just going to be super sore and he might need some time off. And I don't know, but I think our chances are pretty good to win a division. But beyond that, I think our pitching maybe needs a little help. But I mean, really, I'm optimistic. Like there are things we need to do better, but I think overall, we're pretty good. I mean, yeah, well, that's, you know, I was thinking about that, too. This whole Bryant DL thing, and, like, the Cubs in general are so hesitant to put people on the DL, and I don't get it. I mean, it's only, yeah, it's only a 10-day DL. I don't... Then they could DL him, make sure he comes back good, especially by the end of the season when we need him for the playoffs. But like, he's primed and ready, and we can call up Bodie. Like, I like him. I'd rather him play third than Tommy Lestella. Like... You kind of cringe every time he's at third and a ball gets hit near him. You're like, ooh, is it going to work out? Well, yeah, it's like, that's why I was so shocked he was pitching the other day because it's like, oh. have you seen his arm from third to first? He can barely get it there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny, but I guess you'd rather Tommy get strained during pitching than, you know, another position player. Well, you know, a lot of people want like – um. Wilson Contreras or Baez to pitch, but yeah. those guys are so intense that they would go, they would throw like as fast as they possibly could. I, I would love to see them pitch, but I understand why they probably shouldn't because they would get so amped, they would overthrow, and I could see them getting hurt, and they're too valuable to risk that. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, Bodie's been played well, and I mean, it's obvious. Like, if he's like they brought him back before, and his arm is still, his shoulder is still sore, Brian. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you know, why don't you just let him rest a little yeah. bit longer? Because if you keep like going along with this, and it'll keep being sore. And what if he has this again in like October when the playoffs start? Right. You don't want that. Mm-mm. It's not good. It's it's concerning to me. I think that's what I'm most concerned about. That and some of our pitching. But Yeah. Well let's let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, Lester had a good start today, but um like you were saying, the pitching has not been great, especially the starters. You know, not a lot of not going deep in the games and like do you think they should make a trade for another starter? I mean, it's easy for me to say yes, because I'm not actually having to, like, do it. But I do think they should, like, of course, you know, the dream would be to get DeGrom. But I think that we would probably have to give up way too much. We would, they would probably take, I don't know, but maybe, like, somebody else, like Syndergaard, like, I don't know. Somebody that, at least as an inning eater, that can help take some of the toll off our bullpen because our bullpen started off so good in the beginning of the year, but then our starters weren't going long and they kept having to go out there and out there. And then now they're suffering for it. And that's unfortunate because they were doing awesome. So we need somebody that can take up the chunk of inning. So maybe like a veteran guy who we don't have to give up too much to then help our our starting rotation, which then would lead to help our bullpen too. Yeah. And you know, one name, I actually, um, a guy I've had on the podcast a couple of times, Ryan Davis mm-hmm. has been pushing is, um, James Shields, which at first I'm like, James Shields. And he's like, well, look at his numbers. And you know, he's got like a sub four ERA and he pitches like six or seven innings, a lot of his starts. Yeah, I'm thinking that, maybe that would be a good one. That that really is what we need, and then we wouldn't have to probably give up, you know, MLB players that are on the you know on the roster right now in order to get that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it would take, but we woun't have to give up as much for that as like Degrom, because I mean, of course, I would love to have him because uh, he's doing awesome, but it's probably not feasible. But I'll still dream. Yeah, that's yeah, if you could get the Grom, that would be perfect, but mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. Um, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so you know, speaking, I ask a lot of people this, but maybe it's just so I can vent too. But man, these Chatwood starts are hard to watch, they are. And like, I feel for him because I know, like, you know, he's struggling out there too, and he wants to pitch well, but at some point, you just got to give the guy a break and like give him a fake DL stint and have him do a couple rehab quote unquote starts mm-hmm. in the minors to kind of just get his confidence back up. Like I'm not an expert in like pitching mechanics or anything like that, but it almost kind of seems from what people have said that it looks like his problems are mental and just like getting out of his head. And I don't know, but it, it's hard to watch. I was, I actually saw one in person was when they were playing, um, the Cleveland Indians, and it was it was bad. It was there wasn't enough beer in Wrigley to make me forget it. It was bad. Yeah, no, it's like it's like yeah, you do feel bad for him too. And like 
like you know i'm a very strong stance on booing mm-hmm. like, i don't like booing me either and but you know and you feel bad because like um you know they feel bad already i don't think like it's not like if you oh if you don't boo they don't know they did bad right they know they did bad it just i don't like it yeah I was at a U Darvish start this season too, and some guy behind me was like booing him. Was like, "We should have gotten Arietta," and I was like, "You're a dumbass, one and two. Don't boo him. Like you already know. Like he knows." Yeah. So frustrating. People do yes. that. Yeah. Of course. The exception is is when you do something off the field that's really bad. Then you can get booed. Oh yeah, then then boo all the time. Like I'm all for it, but otherwise, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, speaking of that, I guess I'll bring that up now because it's something that really made me mad over the past weekend, and that was this Brewers fan reaction to Josh Hader, which I just hated, and it just, it just bummed me out. I don't know if what you thought about that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. I'll preface this by saying that I don't think it's an indictment on Brewers fans. I think it just shows the larger population of America. I mean, look at our president of that, you know, we're so accepting of these racist and homophobic comments that, Oh, he was a kid. Well, he was 17. You're not a kid at 17. I'm sorry. So many people on Twitter tried to tell me that, like, oh, he was a kid. Don't you, haven't you changed? And said, I was like, yeah, I've changed. But at 17, you know right from wrong. Like, you don't just tweet white power shit and then, you know, five years later go, oops, sorry. <laughs> and then I think just the fact that not only was it bad enough, but that he got a standing ovation was just, like, sickening seeing that, you know, people were not only backing him, but they were, like, doing it such that they made, like, this big spectacle of it. And I think it was just horribly hurtful and offensive to those communities that he disrespected and just, like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not that big of a deal, And, and it is. But it just shows the state of our country, I think and baseball fans in general, not just Brewers fans, because I know they're probably fans of the Cubs that thought the same way as those fans, that oh, that's just fine. But it's not. It's not okay. Yeah, and that's, you know, I should, yeah. we should make that point, too. It's like, unfortunately, all teams have fans like this. Mm-hmm. And they all teams have good fans, and all teams have bad fans. So, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But, you know, yeah, like you said, you'd wish that it wouldn't happen, but... I can't say that I'm shocked that it did happen. Right. But let's move on to something happy. <laughs> I know you want to talk about. Uh, let's just talk about Javi Baez. Yes. Yeah. Just, give me your whole spiel. Well, I, I just, I think, I can't think of another player that I've watched in my whole entire life that I've enjoyed so much. I think he just, he plays with just like such passion and energy that he just draws everyone in, everyone in around him. And just like how smart he is running the basis to, you know, 
hitting the ball and just like you can just tell he's so happy that he's playing the sport and I think it's just really cool to be able to watch him I think one of the times I really started liking him was uh, watching him in the World Baseball Classic so that was like that Puerto Puerto Rican team was like amazing to watch like even though before that I hated Molina, you know, but watching them play together was pretty awesome. Like just how they all vibed and they had this team camaraderie. And I think that's what I really, really like about him. And just that, you know, he doesn't really, you know, he's not going to apologize for who he is. And I like that Joe Madden just lets him be himself. Cause I think a lot of other managers would try to, you know, manage the hobby out of him, you know, Oh, you need to not be so flashy, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and just like, let him be him. And that's why he's such an amazing player to, to watch. And, you know, also knowing all of his backstory with, with having to go through the loss of his sister and how, you know, family is really important to, to him and, you know, all the sacrifices they made to have him be able to play baseball even, and that he's made it is just, uh, it's a really good story, and I just I love seeing him do so well. Yeah, exactly. It's it it is just amazing to watch, and like he always there's always something new. Mm-hmm. You're always like you can't do anything crazy today, and I don't know. Yeah, he can, and it's always exciting. Like I guess the phrase I'd use is must see TV, basically. Yeah, for sure, I would agree. <laughs> so now um, I do have to ask you the story behind your. Uh, name on twitter that you use hobby's oh, uh, well, bat yeah my uh, my name on twitter is hobby's bat because i am literally hobby's bat so also it happened during the world baseball classic i think there was a picture of him and he was kissing his bat and so as like half a joke half not i quote tweeted it and said someone needs to photoshop my face to the bat so then he could you know he would be kissing me and then uh, someone actually did, and so then I changed my whole entire Twitter to that, because I am now Hobby's bat. I'm literally, when he hits, he's using me, and I hit the ball, and that's just what happens, and people need to recognize that, that that's just how it is, and um, and then someone else on Cubs Twitter, um, I think his as Cubs Liker, I forget his name, I think it's John, he does really good like uh drawings and so he drew it hand drew it and so now that's my twitter picture and i don't think i'll ever change it because i love it so much <laughs> mostly because hobby is kissing me but it's yeah. as close as i'll ever get and that's okay he and his wife are really cute and they have the cutest baby and he just posted a picture today and was like oh so cute but it was something like, this is, you know, one of the reasons I wake up in the morning, and it was a picture of his son with, like, a little rabbit. It was so cute. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so now I will um, – there's a question I like to ask people on here. Um, how did you become a Cubs fan? That's a good question. So I grew up in a big Cubs family, and that really started with my mom. So, somewhat ironically, it started when they were living in Milwaukee and my dad was in residency, so he was gone all the time. And my brother was a little baby 
and my mom didn't know really anybody in the city. And my brother was a colicky baby, so she would have to drive him around in the car, and so she would listen to the radio. So she would listen to WGN 720. That's when uh, I think I was, and I was in uh, 1984. So they're mm-hmm. they were doing pretty well, Ryan Sandberg and all that. And so that's when really when she became a big Cubs fan and just started listening to them. Since then, and after that, my parents moved to Milwaukee. I mean. They, they moved from Milwaukee to Rockford, and I was born. Yay! And um, so my parents always had baseball on on the radio, so I grew up listening to Pat and Ron. And my mom said that she realized I was becoming a baseball fan when she found me reading the box scores in the newspaper, because, you know, it's for, like, Internet and stuff. And so I would always look at the box scores in the newspaper and she saw that and she was like, Oh, you really like this. And so she actually, she sat me down and we had a conversation and I remember and she was like, you know, I know you really like the Cubs, but I feel like I need to warn you. They will break your heart. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's okay. and you know, they did break my heart a lot, but I also think, some of my best memories growing up were have to do with baseball and the Cubs. And, you know, my parents always had, we always had the radio on. It was always on the outside, inside, like you, anywhere you go in the house, you wouldn't miss part of the game because the radio is on. So you can listen to it. And I don't even remember my first game at Wrigley because I was probably so young when they brought me my first time. <laughs> so I just, like, I feel like I've always just gone there. I can't remember a specific first time. And so, because my dad lived in Chicago for 10 years, so he loved going back there and being back at Wrigley. So we would go there probably at least once or twice a year. When they weren't doing as well, we would go more times because the tickets weren't expensive. But I think that's that's really how I started. It was just, there was just something I really liked about baseball and just having the, like, the family time and we went to... Rockford had a minor league team for a while, so we went. She would, we would go to those games too, and just like having all those memories and just being able to enjoy watching it and all that. So. Yeah, well, that's kind of like me too. My family was always like back to my grandpa. We're Cubs fans, so I kind of got grandfathered in literally to the to the team. Mm-hmm. But um, so. It sounds like you're about the same age as me. I don't know what year you were born, but... I was born in 1988. Okay, I was 85, so... Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, a couple years older than you, but... Um, that's when my brother was born, so... Yeah, so... Um, you kind of had all the same, like... Been about the same track as me as a Cubs fan, so, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, like, you know... Because at first, when we were young, they just sucked. I mean, there's... They were never good, and then... They made the one playoffs in 98, but then, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure you're with, you're just like me. The 2003 one was the, was the rough one for us. Yeah. I, I still remember exactly where I was sitting on the futon in our basement. And then I remember just, like, crying. Like, oh, I was, we were so close. And it just fell apart. Yeah. And then the yeah. next year was even worse. Yeah. Everybody forgets about the next year. 
yeah and it was like oh you know that's why I was like kind of worried about 2017 because I was like uh like is this going to be absolutely horrible because we actually did good and like I don't know but yeah that I remember being so mad about that so I would actually take newspaper articles from Cubs games mm-hmm. and I would like cut them out and I'd put them on my wall. So I had like a whole wall of 2003 that I would take like every newspaper clipping from almost every game and put it on my wall. And then I had a 2004 and I remember going up to my room after they were like done in 2004 and looking at my wall and like wanting to like punch it because I was so mad and I was like how could you do this like how could you fall apart so epically but they did yep. I blame Ryan Terrio yes <laughs> that, that got easier as the years went on mm-hmm. yeah it did even though I actually I met him at a Cubs convention oh yeah and I met Mike Fontenot too who I was really obsessed with for some reason <laughs> Everybody liked Mike Fontenot. I don't, maybe because he was so little. Yeah, I, I always liked how Big Z would like do like the pound on his head thing before games. That was funny. Yeah. Well, um, now I guess I can ask you a couple non-Cubs questions. Uh, you've got an interesting favorite football team, for one. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just tell, tell me a little bit about them? Well, basically why I started watching it was because of my boyfriend. Cause he's, a, he's a big Jaguars fan and a Cubs fan. I don't He's weird. But uh, so I was starting to watch all like, the games with him. And they're actually an extremely fun team to watch. Like they have so, so much like personality and not really like apologetic about it. You know, other teams maybe saw them as being, like, kind of stuck up, or I can't think of the word. Um, but they, they didn't like it because they were kind of arrogant. I guess that was the word I was trying to think of. They're, they're kind of arrogant, and, you know, you know, we're good, and they weren't, you know, going to apologize for it. And I think I hadn't really enjoyed watching a football season until last season because – before then, you know, I'd watch some Bears, but, <laughs> I, like, the Jaguars quickly became, you know, much more important for me to watch than the Bears. Like, I think Jalen Ramsey is probably the most fun player to watch, just how, you know, he – I'm not really good with, like, football positions, but I know he's a defensive person. And he, he'll just, like, get in the opposing player's head. Like, he'll call them soft and all this shit. And he'll just get in their head so much. Or one, one game, I forget who it was, snapped so much that he, like, took Jalen and, like, threw him to the ground and, like, started punching him. It was hilarious because he knew, he knows how to get in their minds and just, like, mess with them. And that's part of his game. That is. And it's like if you're playing against him, you have to learn how to just shut it off because he'll, he'll find your button and he'll keep pushing it. And that's how, that's one of the ways he's so good. And even like in his, uh, press game things when they're asking questions or whatever, like he'll, he'll just have the funniest like comments to them. Like, I, don't know, I forget 
specific examples, but I think I just really liked watching their team, and it made me kind of like football again because after following the Bears, it's kind of just like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, it just it just was a, a fun year to watch. I wish they would have beat New England, but it still was was fun. So. Yeah, well, I think everyone wishes they beat New England. So. Yeah, but they lost the Super Bowl, and that's really what matters. Yep. Well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of weird too because I'm a Rams fan, so mm. that's kind of a weird team to go along with the Cubs. But yeah, yeah, that is that is really weird. I won't lie. But they've been bad for a long time, so now they're finally good. So I feel better. So. Oh, okay, that works. All right, and then I'll ask you a final question. Um, which is that you're very um, outspoken about on Twitter, which is good. I always encourage that. But um, you're you advocate for domestic violence victims, and mm-hmm. you know to go after people that that do domestic violence. So I thought I'd let you talk a little bit about that. Or final. Yeah, thing. I think you know I think I've been lucky in my life that it hasn't touched me personally, but I know people who have struggled with it, and I think especially as a woman, I, it, it's something that, you know, we need to take a hard line against. And so much, so much of it is just easily dismissed and, you know, oh, well, they served their time, so now it's okay. No, it's not. Sorry. Like when they made the Chapman, the Chapman tra- trade in 2016, it was hard seeing a lot of the comments like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think it's it's something that's a major problem in not only baseball but other sports and that it's not something that's taken seriously. You know, it's it's more serious to take a steroid than to hit a woman. And I don't think that's right at all. Like when players get suspensions for, you know, performance enhancing drugs, like I don't really care because you know, maybe if you attempted to care as much about hitting a woman as someone taking a steroid, then maybe I would listen to you. But when you do that, and it essentially alienates, you know, women and survivors of domestic violence, you know, it happens to men too. And I think that it's a hard topic to talk about. And I think people just try to, you know, not talk about it in order to deal with it. And, and I also think it's important, especially when it's on your own team. Cause I think a lot of people have a tendency of being harder on, you know, especially rival teams of, Oh, look what they did, but no, your team does it too. So you can't just say that it's bad when they do it, but it's okay when you do it. That's not cool either. So, yeah, I think it's 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 something that you know I I feel is really important, and if other people don't like don't like it, that I talk about it a lot, then they can just screw themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, a, that's a good way to good way to say it. Um, well, I guess that'll be good thing for us to end on. <laughs> and um, thank you for coming on. No, oh, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. I just wanted to add a quick note at the end of that. 
uh, Chris Bryant was put on the DL today, so our predictions were accurate on that one. Um, uh, you can follow Corinne at Corinnosaur, so that's C-O-R-R-I-N-E-S-A-U-R. She's a good follow. You should follow her. You can follow me at STH85. If you have a comment about that you want to get on the air or question, you can email me at holycowpod, holycowpod at gmail.com. I also have gotten a few comments from you on Twitter, some of you listeners saying how much you like the show, and I appreciate those comments, so uh, keep them coming. We're going to have a new episode very soon, and thank you for listening.